This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald. And John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good Tuesday morning, Birds fans. Thanks for getting up and streaming in with us here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. My apologies. We're a couple minutes late. That's me. I'm just getting ready for the show. I look up and check the clock. Oh, shoot. It's 8 o'clock. Yeah, you better stream in there, buddy. My bad. I apologize. But uh, if it's a couple less minutes of pain in our review of what the hell's happened to the Eagles the last couple of weeks... Maybe I'm actually doing you a favor by being a couple of minutes late. Uh, Johnny Mac, the licking of the wounds continues after the last two weeks. And I've been intrigued by statements made both after the game and uh, by those uh, talking and what needs to change and what needs to be done with this team. Give me your overall mindset on where you think this team is at, because it can't be in a great space 
but it's got to be in a uh, still belief in the team and we're going to get this <clears> thing <throat> turned around type space. You think they're okay in their mental footing right now heading off to Seattle next week? I think for the most part, uh, you know, I think if you take a step back, and I know that's difficult in the moment, but, uh, you know, I think we both thought this was a likely loss before the season um, at Dallas. We know how good they are, have been down there. Um, the Eagles got the win up here. So, yeah, I felt it was going to be a split and it was a split. Now, would you like to have been more competitive, certainly. Uh, um, I'm more concerned about the San Francisco game, to be honest, because I think, you know, they showed some matchup issues. If they're healthy, if they come into a potential uh, playoff environment, um, how are the Eagles going to match up? So I'm still more concerned about San Francisco long-term. Not that Dallas isn't a good team, but I think if the Eagles – you know, adjust some things, play their A game, certainly play at Lincoln Financial Field. They can get over that hump. Um, I don't know how they get over the San Francisco hump as they're currently constructed. Again, if everybody's healthy, and that's always the caveat, um, they're just, to me, a, a very difficult matchup for the Eagles uh, as they're currently constructed. So um, some good, some bad. I, I don't think... The sky is falling. Um, it was always going to be difficult. There was always going to be hiccups. Um, we, we've talked about expectations dating back to training camp. They're unrealistic, uh, you know. And then they got off to a 10-1 and one start. I don't know what you had. I think you were at 12 before the season, maybe 13. 13. Uh, um, I, was, I, th- I was a game lower than you. Yeah. Um, we're close. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's what this league is. You saw it last night. You got teams fighting for playoff positioning. Um, Green Bay, they lose to Tommy DeVito. They got a chance to make the playoffs, and they they lay an egg against, you know, a bad football team. Miami's got a chance to take that number one seed for the time being. They lose to a not a bad football team, but an average football team uh, at home as well. Um, it ain't easy to win in this league and it ain't easy to win against really good teams. So, um, I think, and I wrote about this yesterday, I think the luxury the Eagles have, they're in the playoffs. They know they're going to play January football. Do they want the number one seed? Of course. Do they want to win the division? Of course, but they have that luxury to understand they're going to be in the mix and they have some time to pick some things and, We'll see if they can do it, but uh, there's there's some there's there's some bad, but it's not all bad. Let's okay. put it that way. Uh, let, let me let me uh, follow up on a couple things that you said. Um, and man, will I get the streamers ticked off about this one? And I'm not saying it's going to happen. <clears throat> I'm just saying the possibility of it happening is greater than zero. It's not a zero. Last night when the Packers lost. The San Francisco 49ers clinched a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Eagles and the 49ers had the same record, but because of all the tie-breaking machinations, the 49ers are officially in. The Eagles aren't. Now, for the Eagles to not to make the playoffs, uh, about 72 out of 72 things would have to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a virtual playoff spot. 
it's not a hundred percent yet. No, it's uh, come on, come on. I mean, we're, we're not going to argue that they're going to make the playoffs. That's not the issue. The issue is, you know, where are you going to be? Don't, yeah, I'm not going there. If you want to go there, you can go there. And if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm surely not going there. I don't want the, anyone on my facility to mention the fact, yeah, but we're in the playoffs. That's an attitude I want nowhere near my building. Even if McMullen knows it, McDonald knows it, the 53 guys on the roster know and it's the players, a yeah, the players, that's, that's the point. The players know it. But, you know, I, I agree for, with your sentiment. And do you think you know, the uh, players knowing it, that they were as much a lock two weeks ago as they are now, that maybe that contributed to the two beatdowns they took? No. I think they got outplayed. I, I, I think they got outplayed. They're, if you look at the New York Times playoff simulator, simulator they're 99 plus percent to make the playoffs so i mean you can play that game i don't like nick sirianni said if you want to lie to yourself if you want to use it use it use it any way you can i'm just saying the reality of the situation is they have the luxury of understanding they're going to be in the playoffs so do the cowboys um you know they understand that the giants you know they have this big win with tommy devito they have a two percent chance of making the playoffs, so they can fool themselves as well, all they want. I don't care. Anybody can do whatever they want. My my point is, this team has the luxury of understanding they're going to be playing January football from a preparation standpoint and get as prepared as possible to get to that point. Now they still have they still control their own destiny when it comes to the NFC East. Um, if they finish off and, and win out, uh, they still make things very difficult for San Francisco. If they win out because they can't have any kind of hiccup. Um, so there are let, still. All right. Let, let me let me uh, put this to you. See if you take it another way. I don't have it in front of me. I can do it almost off the top of my head. Um, San Francisco's got the Ravens left. But then they've got two and the other team they're playing the Rams, who who were right around 500, just below 500. They got both of those games at home. They've got the Cardinals on the road and another really beatable team on the road, a well below 500 team. Who do you think's got a better chance to go 4 0 with their remaining schedules being what they are, the Eagles or the 49ers? The 49ers. Uh, but, it, it, you know, I, and again, I point to last – so many things happen in this league. They, it, it, Including it, the Eagles going 0-4 and, and losing their last six games of the year. That's not going to happen. They're playing the Arizona yeah, Cardinals. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you got such a better uh, computer to work or a crystal ball to work. If we're going to go – you don't well, know again, anything can happen. Got... Then you go, you don't know anything. No, I'm talking about San Francisco. I know the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. It's a 99% chance. I'm, okay, I'm, so. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, uh, ball. I'm not, I'm not going to waste my time on nonsense. So if you want to say 99% isn't a hundred percent, I'll agree with you. Mathematically, they haven't clinched a playoff berth. Mathematically, they're not going to lose to Tommy DeVito twice. They're not going to lose to Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals. They might lose one of them of those three if they're playing really poorly. They're going to win one of them, and they might beat Seattle this week, and we're not even having this discussion. I'm saying it's a waste of time to worry about that kind of stuff. 
if you want to use it, use it. If you want to tell your, your players, like, you know, I saw Chris Franklin. It's like playing the hits. It's like the Eagles playing the hits. Um, he's going to be on the show at 920 saying, um, you know, let me get the exact quote. The Eagles are playing this underdog. You're either with us or against us. Crap again. Oh, you're either with us or against us. If you want to use it, use it and say people are bailing like you're bailing on them. That's fine. I don't care. They can use it. The reality is people pointing out they're not playing well doesn't mean you're against us. Now, you got the one knucklehead showing up at, at Novacare with the trash cans and you know, that's one guy. All right. He's an idiot. Uh, we can all agree with that. Uh, it, it's not an indication of anything um, uh, uh, pervasive, I would say, with the fan base. Certainly, they're upset. There's a lot of things to worry about. Making the playoffs ain't one of them. I mean, but but if people want to worry about it, feel free. But I, I'm the... You're you're a betting guy. You're an odds guy. Yeah. 99%, 99%, by the way, I should say 99 plus percent, which is what it is on the New York Times. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't think you have to worry about it. But if you want to waste time worrying about it, by all means. Well, John, so. you did say that uh, the Eagles can keep the 49ers out until the 49ers are home. I'm telling you, the 49ers have a better chance to go 4 0 than the Eagles. So if we're going to bring up something like that, yeah, that's got a better chance. The Eagles passing the 49ers have a better chance than the Eagles going 0-4. That is true. I, I know I'm playing to a very small percentage. But there's above the percentage and there's below the percentage. There's the 50-50 line. And the Eagles are on the short line of passing the 49ers. And well, that I agree with. The agree overall with. first seed. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they lost their their advantage of, by losing to the 49ers. There's no doubt. They need help. They need the Ravens most likely to come through, but that's a good football team. And if the Ravens got their A game on a particular game day, they can beat anybody. That's my point. Are the other teams going to beat the 49ers? Probably not. Uh, the, the 49ers would have to play a really, really poor game or suffer some significant injuries to get, you know, Washington, the, even the Rams who, who, could be playing for a playoff spot in week 18. Um, so they might be pushing, but they have Arizona as well. The Eagles have Arizona. They're at Washington. Washington's kind of, I think, given up on the season, and rightfully so. So, yeah, it on on to pass the 49ers is a little bit pie in the sky probably right now. Right. That, um, but, that, but, that was the one thing I was breaking because you uh, did lay it out and you didn't – try and attempt to put a percentage on it, but you said the Eagles can keep the 49 Eagles. I think the Eagles are done on the first seed in that they and just my pick making my prediction. I do not think the Eagles are getting the one seed. I do not think they're playing well enough and San Francisco is playing much too well. And basically I think that the 49ers have just as good a chance to win their last four games as the Eagles do. I think there's a better chance that Richard goes goes 4-0 than the Eagles go 4-0 at this stage. Well, the 49ers are better. I'm not arguing that. They're better than the Eagles right now. Uh, but they do have, you know, if if you combined the two teams, they have the toughest game in the final eight, and that's Baltimore, who's the currently the number one seed on, on the AFC side. The Eagles' toughest game is Seattle. Now it's on the road. 
very difficult place to play, but who knows where Geno Smith is? You know, I've been, I've, I've been seeing if he's ready to go yet. Uh, that would make it more difficult than Drew Locke. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the Eagles got to find a way. A, they got to find a way to stop the bleeding, number one. And it would behoove them to win in Seattle. But, and if they can't win in Seattle, yeah, they're done as far as the number one seed goes. But if they don't win in Seattle, they're still making the playoffs. That's that's my only point. And then you got to go about it. It's going to be a much more difficult road, no doubt about that. Um, and we've seen this team's two recent runs to the Super Bowl, and they ran through Lincoln Financial Field. So it becomes much more difficult if you have to go on the road, and particularly you have to go back to Dallas and or San Francisco, Santa Clara and Arlington to be technical. Um, yeah, it you know, then I don't like their chances on paper. Um, and you gotta pull pull out a great performance on the road, which is far more difficult, no doubt about it. Give me your and maybe I lean on this a little too much, but there's number one, because I enjoy it, but even more importantly because I think it's the most accurate way to depict. The New York Times has their similar, you're uh, uh, quoting those numbers to me. I'm not questioning the New York Times. I just don't even know how they come up with their odds for simulation. But I know in the betting markets, they've got one job and one job only. Put out the best, most accurate line so they can take action on both sides and take their percentage, take their VIG. So there's no bias. There is no debate. It's their number, and they then have. If they have to move it, they move it one way or the other. I just think it's the most accurate way to look at things because no personal opinions being taken. It. It's all about algorithms and and money. There is no individual motivation as to uh, what you see. So I lean heavily on the betting markets to try and get a uh, uh, a look at how I think play things play themselves out going forward. Uh, but I'm going to ask you for an opinion instead because we don't have one of the two games in just yet. Who do you think is going to be a bigger favorite? Eagles in Seattle this week, which is already on the on the board at the Eagles, a three and a half point favorite, or the 49ers at home against the Ravens. Which number do you think is better? Eagles favorite over the Seahawks or the 49ers favorite over the Ravens? Probably the 49ers because they're playing so well, but uh, and the Eagles are playing so poorly. Um, so that factors into it. Um, but I think Baltimore's the better team. So kind of like who who has a far better team than Seattle. Um now I think San Francisco's better than the Eagles. So you can debate it back and forth. To me, the most difficult game for either team is Baltimore. I don't care where if I, Baltimore would obviously be much more difficult, but they're just significantly better. Than everybody else on the on on each schedule, um, Seattle again is the toughest team for the Eagles. Good team, not great team, above average team, whatever adjective you want to use. Baltimore, significant Super Bowl contender. So, to me, that's how I look at it. Uh, yes, San Francisco is going to be a more um, uh, a bigger favorite because, as I said, of how well they're playing, they're playing at home. But that that's a good football team. And nobody else can sit 
on that schedule and say, you know what, we're a really good football team that the Eagles are going to play or the 49ers are going to play. There's some, the Rams are okay, Seattle's okay, and they'll both be fighting for playoff spots, so they have plenty to play for because um, there's such a, a jumbled mess. And and to go further about, you know, the, the simulator, the New York Times, the Eagles are 69% right now to win the division, 20% to get the first round by. So it's very unlikely they're going to get the first round by. But 20% is, you know, it's better than 2%, like the Giants. Um, you know, that's all you can look at. And the Giants are 2% to get that number one seed. Giants are 2% just to make the playoffs. But I did watch that game last night. And at least the game in New York, the Giant fans are diehards and they've been gone forever and they, they uh, do support their team and through way too much bad. Giants are an amazing franchise in that they're either like Super Bowl contenders or they're eminently forgettable, but their fans never forget them. They still pack the house every single game. It would seem to be a pretty raucous crowd last night. They like this DeVito kid. Now, uh, he made some bad passes last night, but he also made some pretty crisp and sharp passes and on the money in big spots. And he's more of a natural runner than Danny Dimes is. He made a couple of big plays with his legs. That 2%, as little as you think it could actually happen, and I I do too, it's keeping the Giants in it. They could have rolled over and died on this season, and they haven't. So those two games that a lot of Eagle fans have already chalked up as lock wins, they got a revenge factor going for them because the Eagles spit in their eye three times last year. And if they're mathematically still involved, not I can go by the way by wayside by the end of this weekend. But uh, don't just uh, put them in and pen those two wins against the Giants. Giants are going to play the Eagles tough. Mark my words. Well, you can't put any NFL win. But, you know, if you lose to Tommy DeVito and you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you deserve anything you get. So that's how I look at it. You know, good story. Sean Stiletto dressing up like a mobster. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of Packers fans there. Troy and Joe mentioned it a bunch of times. The Packers fans. Now, the Packers travel very well. They do. They're one of the um, best traveling fan bases right there with and, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles have taken over that stadium before. So Giants fans are, I agree with you, they're very loyal in general. But they've had so many bad seasons over the past number of years that they kind of give up late in the season. Uh, so Eagles fans will... They'll take over. I'm just noting that despite, if you want to say the Packer fans were as loud or close to as loud as the Giant fans, Tommy DeVito was able to get over that last night and deliver a victory for the New York Giants. And if Eagle fans can get a whole bunch of seats at MetLife Stadium, Tommy DeVito may shrug his shoulders like he did last night against the Green Bay Packers. All right, uh, John McMull, Jody McDonald, coming back. We're getting one of our faves up next. He's only been covering the birds for a couple of years, or maybe it's more like a couple of decades. Uh, from Bowen with the birds, Les Bowen's going to join us here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, and we've got Les Bowen joining us. Who likes our return music? He's bopping and weaving there. Got to yeah. love to see it. He's up. He's ready to rock. Uh, more, maybe more so than the Eagles the last two weeks. It's been kind of ugly last the last two weeks. The sky is falling all over the Delaware Valley. Righteously so, in your mind? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it, the sky is descending. I maybe a little bit slower rate than than some people think but uh yeah it's uh it was a bracing two weeks it really uh i i think you you start to deal with issues of confidence and cohesion when you get blown out twice in a row like that and embarrassed nationally uh i think you're very close to the part where some people are like well i did my job <laughs> yeah uh 
it, you don't want to get there. And uh, they really need a win uh, this coming Monday in Seattle. But I wanted to chime in on what you were talking about right before the break. I, I was really impressed with Danny DeVito's grandson last night. <laughs> but, I, you know, it's uh, that's just the Eagles' luck. Uh, the Giants aren't doing anything but screwing up their draft position, but they yeah. keep winning. And it would be worse if they made the playoffs this year than they made the playoffs last yeah, year. Which uh, and that was a horrible game, but yeah. he he's a you know fiery guy, and he got he he's getting it done. Uh, nothing against him, certainly, but I don't know that this is anything the Giants can build on. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but at this stage, we're, we're first of all we're birds three sixty five, so we're, and yeah. I know they're a divisional rival, so we right. don't really care what the Giants are building. All I'm caring about is. Giants have four games left. Game. They're yeah. playing like a team that's got a grasp of this 2%, and they want it badly, and they've got a guy yeah. who everybody seems to love, even if he's not a true NFL quarterback. It scares me from an Eagle perspective. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes matchup-wise and what the Eagles, if the Eagles manage to win in Seattle, I think they can probably handle the Giants pretty well. But if this skid continues, who knows what the Eagles will be. I've seen. Uh, well, I, I think. Yeah. Before. <laughs> I think the the sky will be falling if they lose in Seattle. Full pledge panic mode. Uh, be, yeah. Before you even get to Tommy DeVito and and that nonsense, you can see it though. You know, it's already who's with us, who's against it. They're playing the hits. It's like I enjoy when. Rest of soul, Glenn Fry and Don Henley. The Eagles play the hits. The Eagles like to play the hits, and it's always, we're the underdog. Let's bring out the mask. Now people don't believe in him. Nick Sirianni could go back to it less. Right. It's as simple as that, saying, oh, nobody believes in us. Nobody nobody thinks we can do it. Is that the route he's going to use? Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, it'll work to an extent. I mean, but they, they have some problems here. They need to address the problems to me. Quick quick note to Coach Sirianni. They've been underdog two weeks running. How'd that work out for him? Uh, play, play the underdog card <laughs> at your potential peril because yeah. it do, doesn't always rally the troops and lift them to uh, the height they need to get to. All right, uh, pretty simple question for you, Les. The Eagles have uh, fallen on their face two weeks in a row. Who's more to blame? Offense, defense, coaching. Well, that's, that's a nice uh, menu of options you gave yes. me there. Not special teams. <laughs> I can certainly grab a portion of each of those from the buffet. Right. But uh, the, which are you digging in percentage-wise <laughs> more? Offense, defense, coaching. Excuse my uh, my voice here, but defense is where I start with, I think, because I just think – they start out every game behind almost. And the the ridiculous, these last two games, which is what we're really talking about here, what was it, 10 touchdowns and 11 drives, uh, John, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's well. absurd. No team can win. I mean, you start right there. No team in the history of the NFL can win with its defense giving up 10 touchdowns and 11 drives. Uh, it, that's absurd. It, it just can't happen. It puts pressure on the offense and maybe makes people try to, you know, strain for an extra yard and fumble the ball or, you know, 
it, it makes the opposing defense uh, fired up because they've got a lead on the Eagles. And, you know, it. the offense should be doing a lot better. But it starts with this ridiculous performance by the defense, which obviously is not as talented as we thought it was starting the season. But nonetheless, uh, I, I there's it, it's not even a professional NFL defense right now. Yeah, and knowing that, I mean, the third down numbers are atrocious. 32nd in the NFL last, I, I believe they're 30th now in red zone defense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're terrible on defense. So from that perspective, if you're grading on a curve, doesn't it shift to the offense to Jody's question? Cause the offense is the one that's got to carry this team. And, you know, and, well, and do, by like the way, said, though, you can't carry a team that's giving up 10 touchdowns and 11 drives. There's but you no... can you can win a shootout. We saw that in in, in Super Bowl. Uh, we saw that Tom Brady. They gave up 505 passes. Well, that happened once yeah. in the history of football. Yeah, that happened yeah. once. <laughs> but, you, but, but you can shoot. Winning shootouts happens all the time. Yeah. You, you have to play a certain way. Now, Dallas came into that game last I believe they are the only team in NFL history at this stage to score 30 plus points in their first seven home games. So yeah. they score. Yeah. So even if you have a good defense and the Eagles don't, I'm not trying to make excuses. You know, you're going to have to win a shootout in, in Dallas, in yeah. Arlington. I I'm very specific. Um, and, and the Eagles knew that. And they didn't score for the first time in the Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts era. They did not score an offensive touchdown. How did you not score an offensive touchdown with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? That is amazing. And, you know, fumbling three times in Dallas territory uh, uh, as drives are perking right along will will certainly help in that regard. it's uh, the offense is, and I, I hate, hate to venture into this area because I'm not a, a scheme person. I don't really know X's and O's that well, but they don't seem to scheme anybody open. When you listen to the commentators, they don't, you know, often you'll hear a commentator say, well, look at the design they use to get so-and-so isolated on the linebacker here. You never hear that about the Eagles. They throw it up for A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and hope they come down with it. And sp- sporadically, they run the ball like in in hard-to-predict clusters, uh, and then they go away from it for a long time. And then they run it like four or five times in a row again, and nobody really knows what that's about. I don't see what's going on here. I Jeffrey Lurie only hires coaches who are offensive innovators. I would like to see some offensive innovation, Nick Sirianni. I don't know what's happened. Uh, He came in with some things that worked very well. looks like he just decided those would keep working forever, a la Chip Kelly. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, yeah. They're not doing anything uh, different. You see see no evolution. They they seem to have, yeah, I, I like that description, the assumption that everything's always going to be the same and other people are adjusting opposing defenses. Yes. 
and they're playing the same way. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Les. And, uh, you know, one of the things, my biggest concern, nobody else other than A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, not one other player got a target. Yeah. You see, everybody, look at any NFL box scores, seven, eight receivers. No. That used to be Andy Reid's favorite thing in the world. That would be the one of the first things he'd mention after the injuries, after a win would be how many different uh, receivers caught passes from Donovan McNabb. That was a big, big thing for Andy. And, uh, yeah, I don't – they don't throw to the backs. They don't throw to Goddard nearly enough. I mean, it was his first game back from an injury. But as it looked like every time they threw to him, he was open. And, you know, you didn't see – what did he catch, three passes, something like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and that's like – uh, three times as much when he was out of the lineup, they couldn't get anybody involved. Uh, you know, Albert Ogweg, you know, they, they wave Christian and Ellis, a lot of things. I'm even going to go Howie Roseman on you at some point to say, yeah. look at this defense and say, all right, you know, maybe it's time to, they're over investing in the pass rush and they're not yeah. getting home and they're ignoring linebacker. They don't have a lot of speed on the back end. They're bringing in all these broken down veterans. Sidney Brown's not ready to play. You know why Sidney Brown's not ready to play, Les? Because they didn't play him. They should have played him week point. one. Yeah. Week one, they should have played him. Um, yeah. Kelly Ringo, they throw out there out of nowhere, and he can't play. What a shock. He had one He had one rep. Yeah, it was a disaster. Uh, he committed a, a double, rare double penalty on that one rep. Yeah, yeah. He gets um, matched up with well, C.D. Lamb. John, let me ask you a question. Which is it? Play him and live with the consequences and don't play him. If yeah. you're going to say they should have played Sidney Brown since week one, put him out there. Get it over and done with. When you might struggle because he's not ready, but put him out there. No, and well, they do that with Bailey Ring, you go, how can you put him out there? He hasn't played the last No, week. I didn't say how you could put him out there. I said you're putting him out there in week 14 against C.D. Yeah. Lamb after he's had one rep. Yeah. I say, you know, if he got involved. Now, they're different categories because – the Eagles have Slay and Bradbury, so it's understandable why Ringo wasn't playing. But uh, uh, with Sydney, it's not understandable at all because you're you were throwing out the Justin Evanses of the world and the Terrell Edmonds of the world, um, and it's clear you need speed and athleticism in the back mm -hmm. seven, and he's got that, and. I just think I, you know me, Jody. I always go back to Jim Schwartz. I love that term he coined, startup cost. Get him over with. And who knows where he'd be at this point? But now we'll never know. It is what it is. Yeah. My 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 issue is we either trust the Eagles and their ability to evaluate practice, which I think is almost laughable because they do so little in practice, and say, all right, well, they must know because they get to see him in practice. Uh, Rashad Penny. He never gets in the game. He can't get in the game. But why not Rashad Penny? What is the logical explanation as to never use Rashad Penny? The only thing we can fall back on is, well, the Eagles see him in practice, so they must know yeah. that Rashad Penny isn't worthy of playing. Well, the Eagles saw Brown in practice, and they must have come up with the decision. He just wasn't ready to play. 
that the startup costs were going to be too much because of what they saw in practice. Either we accept that they can evaluate their own players in practice and go, hey, they know better than us, or we question it all, and it becomes open fodder on what the hell is the team thinking about the way they're using their players. Right. I'm good I'm good either way as long as we're consistent about like, oh, you got to give them – put them out there and live with the consequences or – yeah, you gotta believe everything that they see in practice. It's got to be either open ended well, or I, I, completely. I, 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 there's always context. There's always a sliding scale. They needed a safety. They have a premium pick on a safety. We all we they all need talk a running about back. John, how many times have you told us the last couple of weeks? The Eagle running back room. Those that are playing are just not that good. You don't well, think they that, can use the help the running back? I'm not. I'm not Jeff Kerr saying DeAndre Swift is a terrible player. Basically, that's what Jeff said last. But yeah, I think he's an above. I think he's an above average player. Yeah, um, I don't think there's any. If you're looking for things that could be better here, that would make a difference. I don't think there's anything that can happen in the running back room. No, that's going to change any of this. The running backs, they did fine against Dallas when they got the ball. Uh, poor Boston Scott does well with his one touch a game, you know. Uh, and it's always in the first quarter. Yeah. They, they, they run DeAndre oh. a couple plays. Then they go to Boston Scott. He gets two carries yeah. and he's gone for the rest of the game. Yeah. So I, you know, I just don't, Rashad Penny question is an interesting one. I have no idea, but. I don't think it's going to matter whether Rashad Penny plays or not. I don't think that's the key to to getting this back on track. You were mentioning Howie Roseman a minute ago, and that's kind of where I start. Now, I can plug my new venture here, by the way, lesbowensjohn.com. Nice. Uh, I, I've lost my podcast, or I decided to stop doing it because I, I, the sponsorship wasn't there. Um, so I have a, I'm writing again, and I have this space, and uh, – you know, my first piece is about if you really want to, it's hard to unravel something like this when a team is having the problems that you have. And I'm not going to go unraveling every thread, but where I want to start is with the offseason assumptions about the defense. And the one of the biggest offseason assumptions about the defense from Howie Roseman was that N'Kobe Dean would be yeah. a yeah. difference maker and a leader on defense. And, you know, it's not his fault, mostly, because he's been hurt two different times. He's probably not going to play again this season. It's a Liz Frank, as, as far as I know, that he has. Uh, yeah, it's a sprain. It's not. But he, he himself, he posted on Instagram. Not a lot of people saw it, but pretty much that he's done for the season. Yeah, so, you know, uh, so that's a total. Right there, you have a key assumption that just went poof. And that assumption was it's a domino effect that made the linebacking room terrible it was a shaky linebacking room but they thought well we have the kobe dean you know we'll be kind of well once you take that pin out then you have the safeties which are less talented than last season's safeties but they were thinking two things they were thinking they had the kobe dean and they were also thinking that their offense was as john alluded to earlier going to just outscore everybody and and it wouldn't really matter that much so you got linebackers and safeties, and then you got the corners who probably weren't as good last year as we thought they were because they were playing so many bad quarterbacks and bad teams. And this year it's, you know, a different setup. The middle of the field isn't as good. So the corners aren't looking as good against better players. 
And also, you know, it's one thing kind of leads to another with, with football. Avante Maddox, that was another big assumption that they had, that they could, with McPherson and, and Maddox, that they had nickel corners pegged yeah. down pretty well. They they didn't. The guys they brought in, Bradley Roby and, and uh, Kevin Byard, great resumes, no results as far as yeah. I can see. Uh, yeah. You know, I just think, again, it starts with me with the defense and kind of tsunamis from there to the offense. But, uh, yeah, I think their their offseason plan was a bad one. They knew they had to replace five starters on defense. And they will brag about Jalen Carter. But all you did there was subtract a really good player in Javon Hargrave and yeah. then add a really good player. Even Jalen, by the way, I, I don't know if it's the rookie wall – because this is the time of year where obviously you're going past what you yeah. were playing college. Um, he's not played the same over the past number of weeks. He was incredibly dominant early in the season, yeah. but maybe he can get over the hump. Maybe he can. I think long term, uh, Jalen Carter is going to be phenomenal. He is, but my point is, you didn't really make anything better there because you lost a really good player. Yeah. In the defense. yeah. So, you know. I mean, we were looking at this defense and thinking, well, and part of it is the offense. We Part of it was we were thinking, well, the offense is going to be so great, it's not going to matter. But once you took out N'Kobe Dean, I think it just sort of went poop, 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 you know, uh, down the line. And uh, this defense is a mess. And I don't, it's, unless the defensive line gets its legs back and really starts getting after it, uh, I don't know how it's going to work. All right, let me just slide back just a couple of minutes ago when both you guys were talking about the fact that Jalen Hurts threw the ball to all of three players, three, yeah. three this past week. Uh, couldn't find a way to get it to either of the two running backs or Boston Scott for one of the three snaps that he played. Um, uh, forget about the other tight end, Quez, uh, Julio, Eva. Why not uh, claim Zach Ertz this week? Why not come to a contract agreement with Zach Ertz? If Zach Ertz will play for the veteran minimum, which is now down to four games out of 17, will not even put a dent in Eagles' pittance of a cap remaining that they have, would Jalen Ertz have the confidence to throw the ball downfield to Zach Ertz out of a two-tight end set over the last four games of the season? Wouldn't bother me if they did that. I don't know at this point that Zach is going to make any kind of difference there. Uh, like I said, he doesn't really like to throw the ball to Goddard. It doesn't look like to me. So I, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I, I would do that, by the way, because I like Zach Ertz. I think he's a wonderful person and a and a, he's been a great player for this franchise. And if they can get him, uh, it's being portrayed as Zach surveying his options i don't know if that that's usually the agent telling people yeah that. i i don't like that like why is it taking so long less well I'm, you know he might have a better option out there at this point but nah. if he does he would take it i would think but, that's what i would think yeah. yeah yeah so that's uh one of my concerns with zach but yeah zach's a tremendous person obviously he's still uh, heavily involved in the communities, 10 receptions behind Harold Carmichael. So that would be a nice story. It would be cool. It really would. Yeah. yeah. If he could come back and, and break the franchise record, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I guess we'll, we talked about Howie. Let's talk about Jeffrey. 
One thing I know about Jeffrey Liss, um, if you don't reach expectations, there's going to be scapegoats. Doug oh. Peterson learned that. Um, you got to offer somebody up. Um, I don't want to go there just yet, but people are talking about the coordinators. Now, early in the season, Sean Desai was the second coming because they hated the, yeah. uh, the previous defensive coordinator. And I don't think we made that up. I mean, he was making adjustments. They were working against teams less talented than Dallas and San Francisco. But, you know, I don't think the guy's an idiot, but it's not working now. That's for sure. No. Uh, and Brian they, Johnson, I mean, Brian yeah. Johnson comes in after Shane Steichen, who did a wonderful job and is doing a wonderful job with Indianapolis. He's got them in the playoffs at the playoffs started today, which is amazing with yes. Garth Minshew playing quarterback. Um, it, it the, the offense is hiccuped. So now you have this narrative that the coordinators are, are awful and they should be set adrift in the Schuylkill and, immediately if not removed from any position i obviously that's ludicrous but you know where are we in the scapegoat category who who if, if things continue to go off the rails who has to be sacrificed well probably it starts if i'm guessing it starts at the position coach level yeah most likely defensive yeah. backs, linebackers. Those are new guys without great resumes. Uh, you know, you might want to try to get a name coach for those spots. I, I couldn't help but notice how much uh, the uh, announcers were uh, talking about talking Al Harris. About Al Harris, our yeah. old buddy. Uh, yeah. When I first started covering the Eagles, Al Harris was the nickelback. Everybody forgets yeah. that. On the national broadcasting, oh, oh, when he was with the Packers. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. yep, yeah. He's, he was he with was the Eagles, a very yeah. good Eagle, and uh, yeah. always the best-dressed fellow in the locker room. Yeah. And uh, I happened to – this is really weird, but I happened to spend some time standing in line with Al Harris when uh, Andy Reid's son died, uh, you know, in 2012. I went to the, to the service, and uh, it was way out the church, you know, and around the corner, and – I was in line with Al talking to him about his career. He had just started out as a position coach then. And, you know, that guys like that, he's on the cutting edge of what's going on in, in defense in the NFL, yeah. I think. Uh, you're not going to get him unless you're going to fire no. Sean Jose and bring in Al Harris. You're not going to get him. Because get now. But I Jerry, mean, Jerry won't give up Al Harris. You yeah, know, we'll find know. somebody, though, that has a resume and, and has some – you know, this whole thing with Denard Wilson leaving when uh, they didn't give him the D coordinator thing, maybe that was maybe that was a problem. I mean, yeah. you talk about Killy yeah. Ringo not being ready to play. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, think, you know, why isn't he ready to play? Uh, what the hell? I, you know, it's. Uh, Les, give me uh, ideas. You're going to put it yeah. on Les, Bo, and Sean. That's a good, you know, Denard Wilson. You can make a strong argument. Should Should have been the defensive coordinator. And he wanted to do some different things, I think. He didn't want to mm -hmm. subscribe just completely to the Fangio philosophy. By the way, if you watch Arizona play, they don't play the strict Fangio philosophy either. So I think a lot of people need yeah. to start pointing at Nick Sirianni because that's the defense that he once played. 
right. on his particular team. And now Sean is, he, he learned under Rick Banjo, so he'd be playing right. that anyway. Right. But that, that is Nick Sirianni fueled. So people need to understand that. It is. However, you mentioned Nick Sirianni's team. At the end of the day, it's Jeffrey Lurie's team. Well, that's true. And we know how Jeffrey feels when he thinks his team is not on the cutting edge of what's going on in the NFL. We all remember Doug Peterson winning at Green Bay and being yeah. asked how come he ran yeah. the ball so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jeffrey's not going to sit there. Jeffrey's not stupid. Yeah. He, he knows exactly, sometimes too much, what's going on in the rest of the league and what people are doing. And he's going to look at this uh, rightly or wrongly and think, you better show me some good reasons why we do this. All you right. Know, so not, let, let me get both you guys. <laughs> let me get both you guys on the record because the, the storyline you're portraying is intriguing. If Jeffrey Laurie is going to do what Jeff Laurie's done before and somebody's got to pay a price, AKA scapegoating to go to the level of coordinator. How bad did the Eagles have to fold it up here at the end of the season for him to walk into with Howie and intact, get the three of them together, coach general manager and in his office and go, something's got to change. We got to make a change. And it can't be a positional coach. Got to be more significant than that. One of these two coordinators going to go. Uh, Lose you the guys... first playoff game. Yeah, get blown out in the first playoff game. I I would say that get get yeah. totally blown out uh, off the field. They make a wild card game, but keep it close. They get to keep their coordinators. Yeah, Depends I think they're playing. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I think it'll be position team. coach. I think Les is right. It'll be position coaches unless they get blitzed and totally. Like it, like a game against the 49ers or, yeah. or the Cowboys and get totally run out of the building. Then, But if it's position coaches, it will be position coaches with a an assumption that that will that there will be some schematic input from changing these yeah. people. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, as you point out, Les, um, they didn't hire like well healed, well reputation big resume guys uh they kind of just elevated dk mcdonald mm -hmm. uh, who was denard wilson's assistant they got dj elliott from temple um as the linebackers coach um you know not not heavyweights now i'm not blaming them yeah I mean, that's right that, that poor guy He's been asked to do a lot of heavy yeah. lifting without my yeah. without a, a weight. Belt. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can make a strong, and I I never agree with you know, I I thought, and then it creates problems with the head coach. That's what happened with Doug Peterson. Let's Absolutely, be yes, it is, and, and it and, will. Yeah. yeah, and so, but that's down the road. We're getting we're getting too negative, <laughs> but Jeffrey, I'm just pointing it out there because. Yeah. The expectations are so high for this team. And mm -hmm. when they don't reach expectations, he tends to look for a scapegoat. It's The history is there. It's pretty clear. Well, he will look at uh, Alec Calabi's analytics and, uh, you know, he'll have, he'll go into a meeting with Nick because, you know, why is this? Why is that? Why? Yeah, it's not going to be like, oh, buddy, you got us to the Super Bowl last year. I'm so sorry this happened yeah. this year. Doug uh, won one. He was out in right on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, no, it's going to be like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. What yeah. are you going to do? You know, and uh, 
you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting situation if this doesn't turn around. It will right. be very interesting. All right. Uh, let me get you on the record here, Les. In Seattle this week. Oh, lost two in a row. Got to go cross country. Seattle. Yeah. And I know they haven't played them in a couple of years. And it's a different team and different players. The, the head coach of Seattle has been there for a while. But both teams have turned over their rosters a lot since the last time they played. So they'll all, oh, you can never win in Seattle. Do I really care if the 2004 Eagles went out and got their ass kicked in Seattle? It has nothing to do with 2023. And too many people lean on that. But this team. Not there. Yeah. Right. He's not there. Russell Marshawn Lynch. Jim Zorn is no longer the Seattle Seahawks quarterback. That's what we need to go back to. uh, The inability of the Eagles to win in Seattle. Don't care. I just care about the 2023 Eagles, where they're at right now. The 2023 Seahawks, by the way, I thought could be the third best team in the NFC. They've been a disappointment as far as I'm concerned. Um, Eagles going to stop the bleeding here, Les? I I predict a close win just because Mm -hmm. I don't see the whole thing just sliding into the ocean that quickly. But it's not like you're playing the Panthers, you know. I mean, Seattle's lost four in a row. but they actually gave San Francisco yeah, a better they game than the Eagles. with true luck. Yeah. They their quarterback. For a while. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. So I was thinking the Eagles do seem to have tired legs defensively. So I was thinking having the extra day might be helpful here, even though you're going cross country. But then I was reading on a Seattle website that that extra day is just the thing the Seahawks need to get Geno Smith back in the yeah, line. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Always I, does. I, I, Go in with your fingers crossed. You know, I it's not going to be easy. Very it's difficult place a, to play. An too. Eagles blowout. There hasn't been an Eagles blowout all year, uh, you know, uh, for winning blowout. Uh, you know, but I, I think they ought to be able to get past the Seahawks. Uh, but it, there's no it, – it's it's not anything written in stone. That's for sure. Uh, at Les Bowen, make sure you follow uh, Les on X, Twitter. He's got his new undertaking, Les Bowen's yes. John. I just retweeted it so people yeah. go to my John spelled in the Twitter. traditional way, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Can, can I ask you a question about that before we let you go? Oh, sure. Why John? Is oh, I don't that know. just a Philly like thing that, uh, yeah, it is a Philly thing. Yeah, That's why Philly I like thing. it. It's a Philly thing. It yeah. is, but do you think it's oversold? No, I mean, okay. are the Kelseys oversold? I don't know. I, uh, you know, I've got to, it, it, it had to come up. By the way, I want to apologize because your podcast, I think I was on your last podcast. So you were, that's what fault. killed it, really. That oh, you brought it down. You, you crumbled it, McMullen. I figured, I figured, I apologize. And I'm trying yeah, to crumble the joint before it ever takes off. So shame on It's all right. You know, it's a, it's a gimmick, but I, you know, I'm trying to get people to remember what the thing is and. If he's yeah. writing it, the info is going to be great. That's all you need to know. You know, the title is irrelevant, even when I call it a yawn rather than John, just because well, I don't yeah. like the you use of the word. Too, eh? Not because of less. I just it's think free. It's everything is John, John this, John that, John. I just stop with the John. I can't. Oh, uh, Jody's killing it. Come on, Jody. Less, less Bowen's He's a New John. Yorker. That's yeah. a problem here. I tweeted I, it. Like I said, um, it's not less. Les, I'm going to read whatever you write because okay. I know how good you are. I don't like the title. I don't like John anything. Okay. It, it's so 
You're getting scolded by Jody McDonald. Last. I know. I, I apologize. He didn't that. consult That's me about the name of his new comment. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but poor Les. I killed his podcast, and you're you're yeah. destroying his name. It's but a I, it's a hard life wherever you go. Les Les knows I love him, and like I said, I read everything that Les Bowen does. He could have come up with a better title, but that's all right. Okay. Uh, I'll LB, be better next time. Okay. LB, always a pleasure. We love it. We love when you're right here on Birds 365. Screw everything else you do. We love you right here. Thank you very much. Well, for thanks so much. I enjoy doing it. Thank you. Guys. Thank you, Les. Our pleasure. That's Les Bowen. I, I, I bet you never knew that about me. I don't know if I've ever complained about it on the air. Stu- John is a stupid word. I know well, it's a I'm Philly not. word. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply word but it's a stupid word it is so overused so overexposed so done uh yeah i I just get i'm not i'm i also am not a fan of the word i agree with you there but yeah i'm not gonna throw less under the bus uh i don't want to lose less i i i didn't (laughs) i i was i I, shame on me maybe i just did a bad job of putting forth my uh angst there it's not for less. Less is great. I love less. I do read everything less. Though. I've been reading less forever. He is a great guy. I love the man. I hate the word John. So uh, if we can separate those two things, so you understand what I'm uh, trying to say here. I hate the use of the word John for anything. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. And less is the latest one to choose it. So I, no. again, apologize to less, but uh, screw John. You know me, I'm not a big pander, so... You know, I don't pander to uh, the four for four. I'm not wearing the jerseys. I'm not wearing the pom poms. I'm not uh, the the yeah. I'm with you. It's overdone. I'm four for four is simplistic and it's on point. John is this created word that somehow is added its own importance because somebody turned around and changed the letter. It just gets under my skin. All right, quick timeout, come back. Uh, we got more to cover, including getting Chris Franklin from NJ.com up here on Birds 365.
My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. McDonald, no John here on Birds 365. Sticking around, uh, getting Chris Franklin up here, uh, hopefully, in the next couple of minutes. Yeah, Um, hopefully he jumps in early. I texted Chris. He hasn't answered me yet, but uh, if he does pop up, Sander, we'll just punch him up. Because, yeah, unfortunately, I got to sneak out a couple of minutes early, kind of like McMullen on Friday. Got to get over and talk to Sirianni. I got to go. Do another show, as a matter of fact. I got to be not this Friday. I'll be here because it's a Monday game. So oh, you're here all week. Yeah, all week. Very nice. That's that's too many reps, man. I'm going to get tired, like the Eagles. All right. Speaking of which, now thank you for leading perfectly into my next question. You know the two things that get on my case, John, about the Eagles, and I haven't changed, and they haven't given me reason to change. Two things that annoy me about the Philadelphia Eagles, and there have been six. Nick Sirianni took over for the third straight year. They'll make the playoffs since John's already guaranteed it at ninety-nine plus. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, I feel very comfortable with that, by the way. And if you're very comfortable with that, and you turn out to be right, that will be one hundred percent of the time Nick Sirianni makes the playoffs since he's been an Eagle coach. Three for three. So to get on his case, you got to push the envelope a little bit, but it is not a perfect thing. He hasn't won three Super Bowls. If he wins this one this year, that will change the narrative, but it doesn't look like Super Bowl bound as of right now. Now, please change the narrative. Eagles. Um, here's my issues with the Eagles, and you know them both too well because I completely overstate them and and pound on them whenever given the chance when they open the door i walk back through it 
And yes, thank you very much for doing that this weekend, Eagles, about the whole defer at the beginning of the game by rote. Because the analytics team say, because Alex Hallaby says so, the Eagles have to defer every time they win the coin flip. And just completely dismiss the matchup, the team you're playing, the way your team's playing. Don't take any of that into consideration. That's why they go with analytics and always defer. Every I don't, uh, I don't think a lot of Alec Hallaby talk. I do not think it is uh, just because of Alex Hallaby. Um, I don't think he's, who is steering. bringing the analytics to the table? That I don't. I don't think he's steering the ship. I don't think it's about analytics, Bernick. I think he likes the Belichick method. Oh, um, so it's Belichick. Yeah, because Belichick does so. No, it's he likes the opportunity to 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 sandwich in, intermission with scores. I think he thinks that's the way to do it. And Bill was the one who was first to profess that. Um, and and that's where the analytics come in. When you do that, when you're able to do it, you win uh, an astro- astronomical amount of time. So I think that's what's behind it. I don't think it's Alex Halaby saying, oh, you got to defer the football. Nobody's firing Nick Sirianni if he um, – doesn't defer and takes the football. My my apologies to Alex Hallaby or Bill Belichick or anybody else. I just think you're wrong. Nick Sirianni, I'm looking at you. I think you're wrong. To be a hundred percenter on this one, John and I have talked a lot about percentages today. The Eagles are 100% on this. They win the coin flip. They defer. This past game, after your defense had given up six consecutive touchdowns, six consecutive touchdowns, Let's get them out on the field first this week. We got the choice. Let's put our lesser foot forward here and start the game that way. Shockingly, the Cowboys weren't right down the field and scored a touchdown. I know it's 2020 uh, hindsight after the fact, but I would have said if we were on the air, the coin goes up, it comes down, it kicked. No, uh, I would have disagreed with the decision. So that's, that's one. And the Eagles have given me no reason to move off that. Number two. And I know the you and I have discussed this many, many, many times about the collective bargaining agreement, and you can only practice so much because the NFL, not the Eagles, the NFL, 32 teams decided when you're in a collective bargaining agreement, you got to give up something. You don't want to give up a penny. God forbid the owners take one sliver less of the overall money that's coming in and it's coming in in droves. We got to give them some less practice time. Yeah, we'll cut back on practice. We'll cut back on uh, practice with pads on. We'll just let them show up for Sundays is what it comes down to. The Eagles not only conform, they go above and beyond. They have standard walk-through Wednesdays. They have shorter preseason practices during the year. They take less is more when it comes to actually practicing stuff on the field to a level that most other teams in the NFL don't. And last year it worked for them in that they had less injuries than almost every team in the NFL. They could plant their fag and see, we don't, we don't practice. That's why nobody gets hurt. Uh, that, that's called cause and effect there. It's debatable. But this year they're middle of the road in injuries. They've been lucky in that they haven't had min, major, major injuries to their star players. But overall, they've had their fair share of injuries and lost guys for the year and everything else. 
So I don't know that they could even stand in defense of that as much as they have previously, that our way of doing things less and more is working. I'm watching them play, John. And they just at times look like a team that hasn't put enough time and effort into getting ready for games. That they just don't look the, the lack of communication, the being in the wrong place at the wrong time, the uh they don't ever run motion, pre-snap motion or anything else. They look like an underpracticed team. Is that fair? Um no, I don't think it's fair. I I don't think they lose games because they're underprepared. You don't think it's a contributing factor? I'm not I saying don't. that's the number one factor. Is it a factor? I don't for the reason that I think it's maybe it's interesting you bring this up because I think this is maybe the most underreported story in the NFL about how limited practice time has affected the 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 product. Quality you know, of I, the product yeah, on the field. You, oh, yeah. you know I'm not a big fan of the quality of the product on the field. It is league-wide. It is pervasive. There's nothing you could do. I always use bye weeks. Because, you know, it's become a sports radio, whatever, trope that certain so insert player's name is on vacation. He should be out preparing. He's not allowed to prepare. He's not allowed to prepare. It drives me insane. Um, you see it in, in this year because there's been so many quarterback issues. Um, teams trying to get backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks off the street prepare. Some of them do well. Joe Placco, Josh Dobbs on the first week and then he gets progressively worse as he does prepare <laughs> so that's interesting um um versus you know the offenses are simplified the defenses are simplified it's become more you know that's big criticism of the eagles uh, spread offense ecology um uh you know everybody wants i always use that ohio state penn state game as my best example well, how are they running RPOs? How are they running RPOs on fourth and four, Jody? You gotta, you gotta have some kind of play. You don't play what you don't practice. You know, I had this argument with Seth over the weekend. You know, he wants to turn the whole defense around. They've been practicing this nonsense since August. They're not scrapping it. You got to make do at this point. There's no time. And the Eagles use more walkthroughs and meeting time. And it's not just the practice time uh, being on the field. You're limited in the number of practices, the number of padded practices. That is collectively bargained. I think mm -hmm. the number's 10 or 11 uh, on the whole year. That, that You're not allowed to do 95% of the stuff that, that people say, oh, when you lose a game, you're not prepared. I, I don't think. I think they're as prepared as Dallas. Dallas can't do it. They're not doing extra. They're not doing – they're doing what well, – they, Cowboys got fined for doing extra this year. Eagles didn't. Um, well, certain teams get fined, yeah, for John John Harbaugh has been a big fine guy over the years. And, um, uh, you know, it, it, usually that happens back over the summer too, or which is like – really meaningless when you get to that point um it, it, you know through certain teams andy reed would probably bring every, every last second he can get he's gonna milk it for every last second he yeah can get andy yeah reed. there's there's some there's some older school people maybe dan campbell i don't know i'd have to look at it but it, most of it is severely limited 
Um, when you get to this point of the season, everybody's going about it the right. I, I still remember, Jody, the first time I ever saw the Ivy League was the first football conference anywhere that said they banned um, um, tackling at practice, no physicality at practice. I still remember when that story came out, I went, this is insane. This is insane that they're banning this. And, 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 and now it's standard operating procedure, standard operating procedure. Um, so, you know, the smart guys, as usual, are ahead of the curve. Um, it is what it is. Uh, um, and I think the Eagles, remember, we're talking, we're talking about it too. They, they got, they just had a 31 week streak of the best football in the history of this franchise. In the history of this franchise. Now, Ray Dinger might argue with me, go back to 1949 and 1950. Um, I saw, say, modern era, the modern era, the Super Bowl era. Best run in franchise history. So, have they been really bad for two weeks? Yes. Uh, but I think, and I always default to personnel more than anything else first. Uh, and the players haven't haven't performed. Look at AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Those are two of your best players. I think we could all agree with that. Sure. They both fumbled. They never fumble. They both drop passes. De- Devontae dropped a potential touchdown pass. AJ dropped a pass that would have had him at the three yard line or something like that. Never happens. <clears throat> Is that lack of preparation? They had a bad game. They're human beings. And they'll probably have a good game uh, Monday night in Seattle um, because they're so competitive. Um, yeah, I, I I think everybody's hamstrung. So my 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 larger answer to that particular question is, well, were they prepared for the previous thirty one regular season weeks because they were pretty stinking good, and to to all of a sudden be unprepared because they got waxed uh, by a couple really talented teams right but my my response to that is they can get away with it <laughs> against teams that they are superiorly more talented against when you run up against a team that either is as talented you or more talented than you you got no chance because you're not prepped because you're not ready because you're not practicing enough that you need something to give you an edge to overcome the fact that they have more talent than you do, and Eagles just don't have that. And it's been yeah. seen pretty I, obviously I, over the last two weeks. I, 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 there's a lot of reasons why they lost that game. Um, I don't think lack of preparation is one of them. I, I, just, I just don't. I mean, Communication in the defensive secondary, bringing in guys. And this is, goes back to Howie Roseman again. You and I have both questioned, is he overdoing it? Bringing in guys from the outside, reaching for veterans. I think he is. Well, part of that is they don't communicate because they don't practice. That's part of the problem is nobody doesn't know where he's supposed to be. Roby's out of position. Uh, Bayard doesn't cover the responsibility he's supposed to. Why? Because they don't ever practice it. Well, the communication part is, you know, uh, week, where are we? Week 14, week 15, wherever we are. Um, You know. Why are you bringing people off? Not 14 or 15 for Bayard or Roby, is it? 
No, but why are you bringing in players week 15 if you don't have to? In the case of Shaq Leonard, I don't I don't believe they had to. But um and he and he did barely play. Like Bayard had to play, right? He played, he he showed up and he played, I think, every snap in his first game because they needed him and he had to play. Um, and then it becomes a more of a chemistry aspect. Like I don't think Kevin Bayard is miscommunicating. I think um the younger players are probably the ones miscommunicating. And that generally has to do with experience. It's not like they're not taught what to do in particular situations. And by the way, if you want to say this scheme is too complicated, I'm with you there. I've been saying that since day one, even when JG was here. Um, It's too complicated for the younger players. Um, But, I mean, like Bayard stepped in here day one. I got no... I got no problems with that dude. I guarantee you he's communicating properly because he's just so football savvy and, and smart. Um, I think that's more of an experience thing with the younger players. Uh, and Bayard's got to step in and make some plays. I, I appreciate the fact that he's football savvy and he's a veteran and he's smart. And he does, you know, we said that about Bradbury last year too. And Bradbury was great last well, year. He's very savvy. And but, Bradbury is getting beaten like a rented mule this year, way too often. Uh, it, great yeah, to they got the savvy. trash can. Poor, poor James Bradbury. How quickly they turn on you. And I, I like the misspelling of the name, just to emphasize the point they misspell his last name. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We're going to come back, talk to our boy Chris Franklin from NJ.com. I need to exit states left a couple minutes early tonight, so make the most of Chris Franklin. He joins us next year on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got John McMullen, Jerry McDonald, and Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Yeah. Comfortably yes. ensconced indoors. <laughs> I don't know why, Chris. I'm, I'm such. I'm, I'm, uh, it, maybe it's the Eagles' two losses. I've been a picky pain in the ass all day today. <laughs> yeah, I, I like you outside, Pat. Oh. It, it's like 10 degrees. <laughs> you can't. Uh, we're we're going to get. Uh, it was yeah. cold out this morning. When I yeah. got the dog out this morning, holy mackerel, I tried to yeah. go out with just slippers. My ankles almost came off, almost snapped off yeah. like uh, Brock Purdy's elbow in the championship game. Oh, right? yeah. I thought it was snapped off. I thought it was going to snap my ankle off this morning. So I'm just funning with you there, Franklin. Um, I will say this. I will go out before before the season's over. I will do one more outside hit before wow. the season's over. I, I will do that. Cold. I love the cold. I, I will do that. Boy, oh, man. We appreciate that greatly. All right. Uh, your computer could freeze up on you, but we'd appreciate the effort greatly. Um I, which of these has more of a chance to happen for the Philadelphia Eagles this week in the long, arduous practice time they'll be getting? Wink, wink, nod, nod this week to prepare for the 49ers. Oh, and that key extra 30 hours because it got pushed back to Monday. That's going to make all the difference in the world. Will they more adjust their offense, which is coming out of criticism now? They never run any motion. Look at all these other teams in the league. They're as basic and simplistic as it comes. The Eagles on offense. Or John, that Sean Desai, who I said earlier in the season, I liked the fact that at least he was tinkering with the uh, specific defense that Nick Sirianni once played. He Not drastic changing. He's not drastic changing anything. Otherwise, he would have never gotten the job. But he was at least tinkering around the edges which do you think has a better chance of happening? The Eagle offense changes this week, as little as that may be, or the Eagles defense changes this week because of how badly they've played the last two weeks? I think personally, I think it's more of the offense just to say the defense in order to the fact I think you run the ball more and, and you keep that defense fresh and try to keep them on the sideline as much as you can because yeah. you've seen what's happened right now in the last couple of weeks. Like, it's like there's almost no answers, I mean, especially in the first half. You can't keep going in these deficits in the first half and expect them to come out, especially against good teams and come out and with with wins. And you, you, I'm still trying to figure maybe you get, they need to get the ball to DeAndre Swift more. I mean, I think maybe that happens now. I don't know. Behind closed doors, maybe he goes like, yo, why am I here? Use me more because I've proven that I can do that. I think they should do that and give him the ball and, and let him take over. And that, in turn, that gives defense that secondary more rest, gives that defensive line more rest, gives that linebacker core more rest. So that way the Seahawks won't 
try to attack in the middle. So change the offense to help save the defense. Yeah, I mean, uh, they had another big snap count on the defensive side. So it's been crazy how many how many reps. Now, part of it is they can't get off the field. A lot of things factor in there. The Eagles can't convert so third downs on offense enough. They can't get off the field. Third downs on defense, 32nd in the league. So it all kind of intermixes together. But, you know, when I talk, we'll get to the defense. But when I think about the offense, first thing, Chris, they didn't throw the football to anybody except the big three. I mean, you got to get somebody else involved. You got to throw a curveball. Give me, I, I can't believe I'm asking for a bubble screen to Julio Jones. Give me something. <laughs> well, you we have all AJ Devontae in Dallas. You got to mix it up a little bit. Am I crazy? I think you, especially you had a good go to your main guys, but I thought it. But also, when you look at that, when they're going four or five wide, there wasn't that many opportunities to throw to somebody else. I, I think it's a little bit of a trusting. What Hurts wants to go to the guys they feel like he can make plays he's comfortable with. And then Ooh. just the way the game played out as well, too, because when you look at Julio or Zacchaeus, one of those guys are underneath. The Cowboys were playing the underneath game well. And then Hurts was under pressure, so you try, you try to look around and do that. It, it was rough to do, but yeah, it, it just seemed way, like they were saying I, ride, ride the main horses. To give you guys an example of what I'm talking about, the great Tommy DeBito, uh, who oh, threw it 21 God. times last night, threw it to one, two, three, four, five, six different receivers. I mean, you look at any box score in the NFL this week. Green Bay, uh, obviously, they're throwing the football uh, a lot. Jordan Love threw it 39 times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight receivers. I, I, I mean, there's got to be, there's got to be more layers to this offense, Chris. Are they relying too much on their talent? They don't use motion. They don't scheme lesser receivers like Quez Watkins or Julio at this stage, or Alameda Zacchaeus or Jack Stoll or. Grand Calcaterra or Al- Alberto when he's actually playing, they don't <laughs> scheme those guys open. Or, or, or am I being too harsh on on Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson? I think there could be some tweaks to this offense, especially uh, some of those vertical routes. Because, yeah, I mean, there's times opportunities like you mentioned, Quez. I think he, sometimes you just need to get shot. Just throw down, say, you know, we're going four verts. Quez, this ball's going to you. Just someone's want to stretch the defense a little bit more. Just, Try to try to attack them and just put it in their minds and do it because I, I, just the game plan itself, the, the motion part. I, I know Nick doesn't like to do it just to, to do it, but you get so much intel just off of one little thing. I, I, I even we saw him do it, and the thing is, I think it coincided well when they were really moving the ball early on in the game. We saw a lot more motion, and I don't think that was a coincidence. And then the game started getting away a little bit. It was just more. Of, Stay here and then go. You got to use it sometime. You, you got to use it. And yeah. it's one, I think it's a, it's a philosophy thing, and the philosophy has to change because you, you, you sometimes you motion your guys yourself, motion yourself into a good, a big play. You just don't see it. And it's it's getting to the point where it's almost getting too late in the season. Now you can throw a package here or two and just have something there, but it's getting to the point when it's too late season, you're like you're, you're only stuck in there and it could come back to bite you, especially in the postseason when these defenses know what you're doing. If we yeah. all agree that uh, spreading the ball around is a necessity, 
How much of this is on Jalen Hurts? You snap the ball, you got your first read, second read, third read. Jalen shuttles ahead to whatever read it needs to be to throw it to AJ or to Devontae, that he doesn't have confidence in throwing it to Stoll or Swift or Gainwell or Tulio or Quez. How much of it is yeah, Jalen just isn't going to pull the trigger because he doesn't trust him to catch it? I think it's more of a thing. He wants to try to push, try to go downfield too much. I think sometimes you got to take the ch- check down. Yeah. I mean, there's times where you see, we mentioned Swift and Gainwell. There's times they were open. They had space in a three yard completion and moving the ball a little bit. It's better than trying something 20 yards down the field to double coverage. But I think that's one of the things sometimes you got to tell them, like, hey, you know what? Take the check down here. And there's, it still completes percentage, still help get you to move the ball down the field. Instead of going, I find yourself in second, third and long now because. You could, you're trying to do something downfield, you can't push it. And I, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I got like three, four different things going on. Like, that's like, probably not to be nerdy, but it, I, I look at it and I'm just like, you know what? It's, it, it, it's, it's some of it is on him. And when All you right. go your progressions and you just got to push, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I'm, I'm, you win this one, I'll still take three or three yards. I'll make it second, third. You look at what Pratt, Prescott was doing, he was doing it too. He had nothing downfield, checking it down. And next thing you know, Second and the third, third and two looks a lot better than being a third, 10, third, 11 with penalties and fumbles, what have you. And by the way, there were two games last night. There was another rookie quarterback playing. Will Levis, uh, Tennessee, upsets Miami. He threw it to seven different receivers. Tua threw it to eight different receivers. Um, you see this everywhere. It's not just – so to me, it is a problem. Now, it's never a problem – when AJ catches the ball, Devontae catches the ball. It was an uncharacteristic game for the Eagles' best receivers. So you had the the drop. Devontae Smith catches that football usually. We've seen him make so many great catches in the end zone, Chris. I don't know how you felt, but I consider that a drop. And and maybe I put too much into Devontae because he's so good. But certainly AJ, three, four yard line, wherever it was, he had a key drop. And then they both fumble. They, I, I mean, do you sort of, as I just ripped the offense, do you say, if, they, if those guys make the plays they typically make, not saying the Eagles are going to win the game, but they're in the game. It's closer, but also you look at this, it's something about, when I look at Stefan Gilmore, I think he they go out with something, I don't know if it's back to the AFC South days, but whenever he and AJ get together, I still remember when, what's the thing, when the Eagles played the Colts. And Stefan Gilmore had that game against AJ and not only them too. It's something about Stefan Gilmore or AJ Brown where it's just something. I don't know if somebody said somebody about somebody's family or what have you. It's just really personal to him. And then it seems to come him off a little bit. He got, and it just looks like he's off. And he, there's AJ a lot called of him old. AJ's yeah. like a mean girl. He's like yeah, <laughs> a mean girl. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, you wonder, it's like, yeah, What's going? On? He throws them off, and then when he's when he's really emotionally invested, in like trying to like, I'm going to beat you, man. Like every receiver has it, but when he's really trying to take it over the top, you see what happens on that one too. So I think that played a role into it. But overall, it, it'll be closer. But I don't know what was going on. Nine times out of ten, I think AJ uh, Devontae Smith gets that that football, yeah. and it is. I wish I knew how to answer. Going, hey, you know what? I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if it was. Hey, you know what? This is but whatever it was, it's like just looking like. What's going on? And then the ball security, so the fumble stuff, we see these ball security drills nine times out of ten. They keep running around with the 
the car wash gauntlet whatever thing yeah. and the fact that it's still happening is very frankly very concerning to me still it's going to happen this late in the season yeah I, the last the last two games before this one uh jalen had spread it around eight wide eight receivers in the buffalo game and seven in the san francisco game. So i i think this one's more an outlier than it is my god he only throws it to those two guys uh, so we'll see how it plays out this week all right here's my question for you chris franklin Who's going to step up and grab the leadership by the throat this week? I know it's supposed to be the quarterback, and the quarterback shows every ability to do that and says the right things. And Does he need help? Is it just Jalen's responsibility to just wake the F up, you guys? We need to get a win here in Seattle. Veteran guys all over this team, pretty well-respected, trusted, if not beloved head coach. Who's got to help Jalen out? Or do you just say, it's on the quarterback? It's the, it always is the quarterback, has to be the quarterback. It's all on Jalen. Who, who is either the individual and or the group that's got to get this team headed right back in the right direction? I know the quarterback is probably most, one of the most, if not the important guy that leads your team. But I think this is a time where you look at your core four, your, your veterans of Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. This is the week you, you – to me, you turn all you look to them the whole thing. I don't care if you let them break them down the whole time, and I don't care if you do it before practice. You have them talk to them. This is the week where you you rely on those four guys because they've been through this thing way many times before. Like they've been to this section where you know they're they've been through these stretches of losing. They've been through these stretches of winning as well. So you need those guys to step up and start talking to these guys. I mean, you heard it after the game. Like the, the way that Fletcher Cox was talking about, we're gonna find out who these guys are. You heard Brandon Graham say the same thing too. I think this is the time yeah. that they 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 see this coming up. And it's, they've got a point because so many times you see guys like when they're winning, we get to talk to them a lot and they're available and losing out of the way a little bit. It's more things that they circle the wagons and need to change something quickly because there's too much. They're still too much early. They still can turn things around. I still think they're not just reliable. They're not going to to, okay, yeah, we're two, three, C, five, C, what have you, and that one too. There's still time they can turn things around and, and make a run here. But it's that that window of opportunity is closing quickly and his team's too talented to see a first, uh, a divisional round exit. I don't think even if they get the wild card, I don't think they lose to the NFC South, but this team is too talented to get bounced out too early. So I think that those four guys is probably the most important week they've had this season to, to, to rally his team and try to turn things around. Yeah. And at least on paper, the Eagles should be better equipped to handle this adversity than most teams because of that core four you mentioned, those particular guys, Jason, Lane, Pletcher, Brandon. Um, they should be more prepared. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, we do got to get to the defensive side of the football. And uh, boy, where do you start, Chris? I mean, <laughs> uh, 30 seconds. You think about Nick Sirianni. And you you know, he talks about it all the time. Situational football, situational football, blah, 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 blah. 32nd and third down defense. Now they're 30th in red zone defense. This is all they practice. This is all they do. Um, and they're terrible at it. What, 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 where do you even start? Where, where I, I, It's obviously the back seven, but even the front is not performing as we expected. They're on the field a lot. You know, they had that one stretch where they gave up 10 consecutive drives except to kneel down with points. Um, what what does Sean Desai got to do to stop the bleeding? It, he's in a tough spot now. And 
And then they try to simplify everything. The Which I advocated, is, and I was wrong because it didn't work. Uh, because, hey, I, I look at this one. Like, hey, you simplify things. A, you still had trouble executing with a simplified defense. And B, you simplify things. Quarterbacks go under. It makes it easier for the quarterbacks to start picking you apart. So it's one of the things like we, we hear. Yeah, I said I was wrong, Chris. Come on. Yeah. Don't follow along. <laughs> My thing is like that. Hey, we've been beating up on the Eagles for two weeks there, Johnny Mac. We got we got to take our shots too. Yeah, and there's there's times I'm thinking like sometimes this the defense clearly gets too cute. Like you saw Josh Sweat one time rushing. He starts looking like he's gonna rush. Then he, they want him to drop back into coverage, and then he gets a rush again. Like you look at the things like I don't want to see Josh Sweat running in his own like running those exotic things. I want him just to go. I want I want. It's not right just to go. I don't. I want to use my best pass rusher to try apply pressure, or or try spring out the runs. I don't want to try to use them again. I know you use on blitzes sometimes. But I don't want to see that. I was especially when you're a defense that's struggling, and you need to get pressure on a quarterback. I want to see those guys try to affect them. And it looks like they're having issues when you come to the when it comes to the defensive line trying to make those rushes what they're trying to do, and then trying to have that play out with what the back seven is something. There's a disconnect there. Yeah. Like okay, the rush concepts make sense. The back seven, but why are you running those two concepts that don't help yeah. each other out? So Did it's, you see, it's, by the way, well, the the uh, Kelly Ringo play, as I call it, where he got uh, pass interference face mask on the same play. Um, did you see the pass rush on that? Somebody put the clip up. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were doing. I, 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 I I'm a. There was no, it looked like there was no plan. It was a jumbled mess. Reddick was like a spy. I don't, I don't even, your best pass rusher. I don't know what they were doing. Um, the scheme ain't, isn't there either. It's, I, I, a lot of people kill me because I got along with JG and blah, 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 and they hated JG. That, even the even the good part of this defense, the fronts, is not performing up to par. So at what point do we say, all right, maybe it's a bigger deal than we all expected with having a new coordinator and five new starters? That, that plays a big role into it. I really do. You lost your whole entire basically almost you almost lost your whole secondary before you had those two guys resign. So I think it's I think it's a really big thing. I just to me, I'm not the biggest fan of the scheme to begin with. Like, yeah, I, me both. <laughs> I know it's taking over the league, but I was like, the whole thing of defense, you want to be aggressive, but then you're being passive. It's, it's, it's weird, but it's to the point where you start quite I, – I, I don't think he gets fired. I don't think it's one of those things, but I think next year, go heading into next year, there's going to be a closer eye on this side, and if it doesn't change things after next year, I think a change can be – warranted but we're way we're too far ahead of that one too at least for this year we started to leak into that conversation earlier today we yeah all, we all agree yeah we're getting ahead of ourselves they gotta finish these four now, games with before yeah, they yeah. can still turn it around coach. yeah like, but i think it's fair to point out jeffrey Lurie's history and the expectations oh, yeah. of this team and if they don't reach those expectations he's gonna go looking for a scapegoat bottom line that is the Eagles history. All right, yo, Chris, I got an exit stage left. Johnny Mac going to stay with you. I think Xander might jump in as well. Uh, thanks for jumping in with us today, Johnny Mac. I will talk uh, to you yeah, tomorrow. Continue. Jody, uh, enjoy it. 
Jody's going to be on CBS radio. So oh, you got to deal with on the box next to you. Oh, I was yeah. usually looking up like, yeah. oh, what's up, man? It's How exciting. you doing? <laughs> and uh, the, the, at C Franklin News, make sure you follow Chris on Twitter, X, uh, as it's known now, NJ.com, South Jersey Times. He's all over. You know the list. There's so many. Now Bob Brookover's helping him out over at NJ.com. So uh, they're doing tremendous work over there. But I want the coordinator, so we'll talk about Brian Johnson because he's taken a lot of hits as well. Um, and I get it. I just talked about not no motion. I just talked about not getting other receivers involved. So there's plenty of things to criticize this offense about. But also, as I mentioned before, when A.J. Brown fumbles and Devontae Smith fumbles, when A.J. Brown has a big drop, Devontae Smith has a big drop. Um, you can't overcome that, right? I mean, that's not Nick Sirianni's fault. That's not Brian Johnson's fault, is it? You can you can overcome it. I really do think it. It's just a matter of to me. It's just that's the frustrating thing when I look at both both the coordinators is the fact that you come out with these slow starts. And then after halftime, it's like, oh, okay. And his team looks like a completely different team. Like the ball, they were moving the ball. Granted, the game situation last week, at least we had one. But looking previously before last week, they moved the ball better in the second half. And the defense plays better after that, too, making adjustments. To me, the mark of a good coordinator is knowing what plan, coming out with a plan you come, what plan you're coming out with to attack early to not put yourselves in that way. Because this team, to me, this team is more of a, play ahead type team where you get your pass rush going when you're far ahead yeah. and then you look at that one too so i i the fumbles i get the turnovers do account for stuff and it's not really on them but i think it does come on them when you don't have a way to you're not getting out to these leads to use your running because you look at these weapons they have there's no reason why they should be the way they are right now and then to see the output that they're having, that's when you start to look at, okay, maybe it's the coordinators, maybe maybe you look at the coordinators or what's, what have you. It's, it's, it's not all on them, but a lot of it to me is on them. All right, we are in Philadelphia, Chris, so I have to ask you the run the football question. You mentioned oh, it a little bit with DeAndre <laughs> Swift, and you mentioned the, the slow start. More so, I, I look. I think it's antiquated. I think people have to get out of 1985 and realize how the NFL game is played today. I think all you have to do is follow the money. Look at how Howie Roseman builds this roster. The stars are the stars. Um, they spend all this money on AJ, and they're going to spend all this money on Devonte and the quarterback and Dallas Goddard. Um, they meanwhile. They shop at the Walmart clearance aisle for the running backs. Why is everybody like, oh, give it to those guys. Ignore the superstars. Give it to those guys. It's it's the it's a lot of the mentality. For, I think a lot of people just want to think to the old school Eagles football. They just want to be physical and try to run, run anything down another team's throat. And when I say run the ball, I'm not talking about like 30, 35 times that one too. You're talking about I, run the football effectively. I think if people like that. put that word on the back end, I'm fine with it. When you do run it, just run it effectively. And, and use that for which I saw. I've been calling for this more, and I, I like that they used it on 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 last on Sunday. But that pistol look, I think, for them should be their main look because the way they've used it, it's been so effective. 
because you still give the running back enough time to run his normal depth. You still give Hurst a chance to be off the line of scrimmage and look downfield and see everything and see the coverage is enough. And then I think it gives time to like to, to let this offensive line open up the holes that they they they're capable of doing. And you can use that. I just look at that, and, you, and I think it also helps. It won't put as much pressure on Hurts and the rest of the offense. They get, even if it's like second and seven or what have you. Instead of trying to do these first downs and and and, and first down tries to go downfield for 12, 13 yards. And, and to me, it also doesn't count too. If they make a big play, when you see that quick, you run up to the line. It's, like, it's almost like you know what's going to happen. Right, when they get a big play twenty on, they run a hurry up. It's a inside. It's it's a it's a, either a Oh, is it a wham block or, or, or a halfback dive or what have you, and it goes for like one, two yard because teams know what's happening. Just mix it up and mix the looks up. I think it would be a lot more effective. All right, last one. As I mentioned, at C. Franklin News, you see it there on the screen. Make sure you follow Chris, NJ.com. Um, I, I think you were the one who wrote it, and it was basically you were asking the question, you know, after the 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 Dallas loss, it's it's now become the old standard: who's with us or who's against us. Um, you know, the Eagles love playing that card. Doug Peterson going back uh, to, to the underdog mask. We all know Rocky, yada yada yada. Um, is that played out? Can Nick Sirianni go back to that again? Are we supposed to be Chris Franklin's not with us? He's not saying we're the greatest team in football. Is that a card that's overplayed or can he use it? I think you can use it, especially, I think now it's the best time, especially, you know, well, the only time you will pretty much use it is when you lose it. But I think now when you're winning, you're going 10 and one, when you're like 10 and one and you're like, nobody's with us, we can still do it. You're like, yeah, but you really do start to see whether it's outside the locker room, whether it's inside the locker room, who's really about themselves and who's, not really looking forward to bigger picture towards thing. And you really can re get gain the refocus of these guys in the locker room by using that. I think it's still effective. The message saying is like, Oh, look, the, the underdog mask. Nah, nah, they're, they're, nah. That, that was for that season. They, they, they run on it. My size flyers stolen that. He'll have the underdog hat on though. He'll have the hat on this week. Don't you think we're going to see Nick on zoom? Is he going to be wearing the underdog hat? Um, I I think think you'll see that. I think you see that or somebody put Photoshop a picture of Dom on Rocky's body with the irons up like free Dom or something like that. I think you see might one of those things, but by the way, yeah, I, yeah. I think Dom is free. Uh, you don't have to free Dom. He is free. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's not, he not on house arrest. So he's not a political Dom's, prisoner. I'm going to be just fine. Uh, but Chris, we'll be talking to the head coach later. This afternoon, everything pushed back a day this week because the Eagles are playing on Monday night at Seattle. So we'll talk to the head coach at 315. I'll see you then, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, And it's always fun talking football with Chris Franklin. Uh, We're going to put a bow on the show here on Burst 365. That's something Jody usually says. But uh, we'll be back right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody, to Birds 365. Alexander Krause filling in for Jody Mack to close the show. John, just a few minutes left, but there's a question that's been on my mind uh, since the last two losses the Eagles have taken. Is it time to change our expectation? You guys talk a lot about expectations. This team is 10-3, and and it feels like the sky is falling. (laughs) Is it time to change what we expect? I think a lot of people are in Super Bowl or bust mode this year. And we just got trounced by the two best teams in our conference. Is it time to lower our expectations of this team? Uh, I think that uh, ship has sailed, Xander. I mean, they are what they are at this point. It was always going to be Super Bowl or bust. I think if we can go back to week one, I thought the expectations were out of whack. And, you know, maybe on a more sort of micro basis, like what I used, Josh Sweat as an example, because I I was talking about leading up to the San Francisco game. 
I, I told people all that week, this is not a Josh Sweat week uh, because Trent Williams is is the left tackle um, on the other side, a, a, a future Hall of Fame player, and even against Dallas with, with Tyron Smith. So he had this uh, two-week stretch, and we go all the way back to week two um, when he sort of had his coming out party against a backup tackle by, by the name of Oli Udo. And I think at that point, you know, people are saying, all right, you expect that from Josh Sweat every week. And they don't look at the context. Backup tackle, backup left tackle versus maybe one of the greatest left tackles that ever lived. Guess who you're going to have to struggle with? Um, right. Makes sense. I don't think enough fans look at the context of week to week. But, I, but you know, that said, this is a very good team. Um, they They... It doesn't surprise me they lost in Dallas. Dallas has won 15 straight there. The Eagles have lost six straight there. They always struggle there. Um, if you can win the division and get them a potential matchup in Philadelphia, I think you'll be fine. I don't like the matchup with San Francisco. Um, I don't think they they match up well. But that doesn't mean on a particular week, that maybe Brock Purdy has a poor game, maybe San Francisco plays their C game, so to speak, and you play your A game. I wouldn't give up on the season. Um, but the assumption that th- this is the best team, the most talented team, sometimes people got to look at the other side and tip their cap to they have some good players as well, San Francisco and Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. That reminds me of a – one of my all-time favorite movies, Miracle. Gentlemen, you think you can win on talent alone? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. So Herb Brooks, I guess, a little little homage to him. Oh, one of my favorite movies. But, John, good show today. We had uh, Les Bowen on in hour one, Chris Franklin in hour two. Uh, good stuff. You and Jody will be back in the saddle uh, 22 hours from now. Uh, any closing thoughts, sir? Um, yeah, uh, it's not the end of the world. Uh, there's another game and despite, uh, Jody's, uh, uh, battling with me, the Eagles will be in the playoffs. So they have some time to figure it out and, uh, could be worse. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that are fighting for their playoff lives. You saw a couple of them yesterday, uh, with Green Bay specifically, um, losing to, Let's be honest, a a limited New York Giants team. So, you know, teams like that have to fight and claw every week. The Eagles do have a little bit of rope to get this thing straightened out. Um, They might have to go a different route. It's probably not going to be going through Lincoln Financial Field. But uh, I wouldn't give up on the season just yet. There you go. I agree. I'm I'm, I'm there with you. But I will say I remain skeptical now that you saw uh, how they match up with two of the better teams uh, in the NFC, but good show today. Johnny Mack will be back tomorrow, two and when two and two with uh, Jody Mack and John McMullen. Thanks everybody for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the video. Subscribe to J- uh, Jacob Sports on YouTube. Uh, thanks for being loyal supporters of the content. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to Birds Three Sixty Five. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.